BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live episode of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90 Min Football family. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by two brilliant guests, two people that I don't think we've podcasted with all together for quite some time. Uh, so it's good to see you guys back on the same screen. Uh, Dan Potts, first of all, how's it going, mate? Welcome back. Yeah, just saying off air how long it's been, and it's surprising, isn't it, how long it can get before you actually think, when was the last time we did this? And like, all three of us seem to be doing some form of content nowadays, but it's like, when have we done it as a free? I can't remember the last time, Harry, but it's a, it's a pleasure, man. Great to see it you. It has been a while, hasn't it? And Mr. Lee Judges, who I've pulled away from the cricket. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. How's it going? <laughs> I think you're all right. They've gone to tea now, so that's, that's all right. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's yeah, raining, no, yeah. I, I, I it's still raining. Has they turned out to play yet? Has it stopped raining? Uh, no, I do love me cricket, like, you know, and uh, um, it's getting going to get a little bit tense in the next hour or so. So, this is the time to watch cricket, Dan. Like, you know, this is the time. Yeah. It's this the time is, to this watch is... cricket if you fancy a, a 40 winks, mate. That's the time to watch cricket. <laughs> This is the time after four <laughs> previous days, Dan, to actually watch it now. Yeah. No, yeah. Jokes aside, I've <laughs> I'm not the biggest cricket fan, but I have really enjoyed this test so far. But I just find it bonkers, right, that a game can ultimately be decided by the rain. I just, I just think it's mad that the the outcome of of the, the the test can be dictated by the weather. I just think that's just mad and bizarre. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, right, guys, uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about because it feels like over the last few days, everything's gone mental with Arsenal and this transfer window. Um, I put out a tweet earlier on today saying I couldn't believe that so many Arsenal fans were sort of sitting there moaning and saying we weren't proactive and we weren't trying to do business. We're in talks for five or six players at this moment in time, and we're only a week into the window. So, um, I mean, first of all, Dan, what do you make of what Arsenal are rumoured or reported to be doing at the moment overall as kind of like the wider picture? Satisfied? I know we need to get the deals done, but how's it looking for you? Yeah, I, I actually think it's quite refreshing. I'm a little bit like you, Harry. I spoke to Lee earlier and the boys and I was saying the same. I, I do think there are some concerns that I understand from some of the fan base and I'll come into those in a minute. But if you look at Arsenal's previous windows, 
we've always done business pretty late up until recently. It's always been, particularly under Arsene Wenger and Emery, three, four weeks goes, window opens, nothing happens. Two weeks left and then, boom, we get a couple of last-minute signings. It looks now like we've actually got some form of... Um, uh, of a refreshing window of some names being mentioned early doors. Now, I understand we haven't got any of those over the line yet, but you don't get bids accepted straight away and then the player comes the next day. That's just not how it works. Um, having said that, I do get incredibly frustrating when we have a price set for somebody and then we're still trying to give them Big Mac and chips if you let us have a little bit more or less off of it. Do you know what I mean? It gets frustrating for me. I'd rather just go in and say, look, you want this, get the player in, let's move on to the next one. Um Having said that, I don't do transfers for a living. Maybe it ain't that easy. Um, maybe it's just the way that it is. You have to go in with a, a bid first and then creep up to near enough what they're asking for. Um, both those bids were going to get rejected in terms of rice, and I know we're going to get into that as far as I'm concerned. But overall, Harry, the names we mentioned, the names we're linked with, they would all be good additions. Now, we're linked with centre midfield, which is an area we need. We're linked with centre back, which is an area we need. The centre-back looks to be able to cover the right-back situation as well, which has been a problem due to Tommy Asu's injury. And also um, reports of a winger. And we need that to obviously look to get in um, Saka some rest uh, for once in his life. And Havertz as well, a position we need. So I'm looking at this at the moment thinking, OK, at least they're the right areas that we're linked with. Do you remember like years ago when, particularly Arsene Wenger's reign, we would be linked with a left back when we had no centre forward or we'd have a massive gap at the back. There's no Vieira or Campbell replacement and we're still buying wingers. Do you know what I mean, it used to get frustrating for me. So, um, yeah, man, um, it's refreshing for once. Lee, what about you in terms of the overall picture of how this window looks like it could potentially shape up? We'll talk about Rice specifically in a minute, but in terms of the names we've been linked with and the fact that we do seem to have our finger in a few pies at this moment in time, are you quite pleased by that? Of, of course, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm, I'm very pleased with that, um, that we're being linked, but we've been linked with players before and not got them over the line. That's, I think, what the, the worry. And I think that's why Arsenal fans are a little bit nervous about it. I, I look at it, on on two two fronts, my 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 biggest my I'd say like biggest concern, my worry is I, I I'm not really worried about Declan Rice. I'm going to be be honest because I've heard it on good authority that he's only said that he wants to go to Arsenal. So if if he's if he is true to his word and he's going to only go to Arsenal, it don't matter what other teams bid really. You know, it's about Arsenal getting the best deal that they possibly can. And 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 on the other side of it, West Ham as well. You know, let's not forget that they're they're not going to. You know, I put myself in the position of like if it was say Saka and everything like that, and say if uh, I don't know, you know, if God forbid, a Manchester City are asking for Saka and, and they're saying that they'll give us a hundred million, we'd be going, oh come on, you know what I mean? Let's play the game, let's be fair. So I think it's going to be that bet. I think a hundred million is a fair deal for for Declan Rice. So if they can get to that, but if they can get it for a little bit under, then fair play to him, like you know. One thing that does worry me, I spoke about this earlier with Dan as well, like, you know, there's the £70 million bid for Casido in January and then four or five months later, not going back for him again, like, or not seeming interested. That worries me a little bit. Why would you be prepared to spend £70 million five, six months ago and then not again? You know, I look back at Liverpool when Liverpool were in the same sort of position as us um, and they went for Van Dijk, couldn't get him in the in the uh, summer, but then they went and got him in the January, like, you know, so it seemed like a little bit more structured. And I don't know if that's what Arsenal have got to do. I think there's a little bit of pressure on Edu and um, Arteta to get the, uh, 
some big ones over the line because we've always had in the background, oh, well, it's not Champions League football. It's not this. It's not that. There's no excuses no more, Like um, if I'll be honest. We've, Harry, we've got Champions League football. We've obviously got the funds. So go out and get the get the deals done. But I think patience has got to be there, even though I'm I can see it why why people are getting nervous. I'm a little bit nervous myself because I think once we get the one over the line, say if it is Declan Wright. So I, I think if we got Declan Rice over the line, my my feeling is then like if we went for Havertz and, and other players, it wouldn't be so negative. Do you know Do you know what I'm saying? I think there's a few negative things about Havertz and I. I I get why, because we're not we're not getting the main ones we need. We really need to strengthen that midfield up big time. And also, you're hearing that you know, Shaka looks like he's going on Partey maybe now. Then you start worrying. Well, okay, you bring in two. We're still in the same position as we was last season where we've not got enough. And that is what I'm starting. I don't want to go into next season with not enough. And, and and one of the big things, and I had a couple of Spurs mates saying it to me the other day, uh, when we play Spurs on that Sunday, f- either on the Tuesday or Wednesday, is our first Champions League game. So, mm. like, uh, you know, you don't want to be going in there that, swapping around things. And, uh, you know, I want us to be ready for to hit both competitions, Harry. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think as well with the Declan Rice thing, because... I mean, Dan, one of the things I've seen people saying over the last sort of 24 hours is, you know, oh, hold on a minute. You know, we we offered 80 plus 10 last week and now we're offering 75 plus 15. Again, that um, equates to 90 million. So what are we doing? Are we taking the piss a little bit and are we at risk of upsetting West Ham United? What I would say is that when it comes to these bids, I think we have to be a little bit careful with the ins and outs of them because, some people last week were reporting that it was 80 plus 10. Others were reporting that it was 80 in a total package, in which case this week we've gone up by 10 million. And some of the stuff you're reading and seeing about the structure of these payments, it could be true, but it also might not be. And I think we need to be really, really wary and careful of this. I mean, are you worried that we, we upset West Ham here? Because the way I look at this is mid last season, West Ham slapped a £120 million price tag on him. That's what they said they wanted. And now, because of the way we've negotiated, people are talking about us getting to £100 million and that being okay. So all these steps before, they're not necessarily pointless if it means that you save £20 million on what West Ham were asking for in the past. Yeah, I do think there's a potential for this to get a little bit silly, if I'm honest with you, though. Um, I don't know anything... For fact, we only know what we read, don't we? And they're saying 100 million is what they potentially want. The other summer, you've mentioned it, 120 million. They've got a 100 million plus some add-on fee to take it up to whatever it be that they see it. And I think we're trying to get as cheap as possible. Now, I understand that you want to try and get your transfers as cheap as possible. Um, The reason it doesn't surprise me, uh, sorry, the reason it doesn't worry me, should I say, um, that if we affect business with West Ham is because the player wants to come. If the player didn't want to come, then West Ham could rightly say, mate, see you later. Just don't beat again. Later, we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to keep him. But he wants to go. So we believe he wants to go anyway. Now, if it doesn't turn out, West Ham fans will say, don't matter if you don't go to Arsenal, he's happy to stay at West Ham for another two seats. Of course he is. But he actually does want to go. Like, if he had the choice, he'd rather go. So I think we can get this guy. I do wonder why we're trying to do this and why we're trying to scrimp and save for £10 million. If you want the player that much, you want him in the door now, not in a few weeks' time. 
My worry as well is that, is there going to be another club that comes and bids? Do the Qataris take over United tomorrow and they go, there's 120 up front, he's coming to Man United. The Manchester City come in and go, we heard you fancy Calvin Phillips swap. There's 100 million and you can have Calvin Phillips go the other way. West Ham aren't going to go, no, sorry, he's going to Arsenal. They're going to go, sorry, Declan, we've got more money for you here. We're going to reject the Arsenal ones. You're going to have to choose up to what Manchester club you want now. That could happen in the next couple of weeks if we're going to play silly buggers. So we need to just get this guy over the line. Uh, for the sake of £20 million saving, Harry, I would rather just do it. And if we've got the ownership that everyone believes we have, £20 million should be, Mikel, what's going on? Are they trying to get another £20 million? Here you go, then. Just go and get him. Yeah, I've got £20 million. Just go and get him over the line and let me know when you need uh, help for the next one. That's what good owners do, in my opinion. So let's hope that happens. But what if that £20 million means the difference between going and getting a midfielder, for example, of Lavia's level to partner Declan Rice or a midfielder like Caicedo? Say, say, let's say for argument's sake, I know Brighton are publicly saying they want 100 yeah. plus or whatever um, for, for Caicedo. I, they're not going to get that, right? They're not going to get mm. that. No. Let's say we're talking 80 million and with Declan Rice, Arsenal would only be able to spend 50, 60 on another midfielder because there are other positions they need to address. We know they're looking at Yuri and Timbo. We know that they're looking at Kai Havertz as well. That 20 million can raise the bar, can it not, Lee, in terms of the player that you're going to bring in as well as uh, Declan Rice. And so it does become important. Yeah, I, I, I do believe it comes important. But for me, which is the baffling thing, and I get where the fans are saying this, well, don't go for Kai Havertz then. Like, you know, 100%, I mean, Lee. 100%. Like, um, it's exactly what I thought. Exactly we, that. We've, 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 got, uh, we've got enough cover in those areas to, to manage that. Where we have any midfield, and that's 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 my problem with with things at the moment. Um, our our major pro, I I I think our major problems at this moment are midfield, and, and probably a central defender. Now, if we was to spend virtually all our money on two two players, like say Declan Rice and, and a Carcedo, I'd be very very pleased, Harry. Like you know, what I mean, particularly when you're losing. Um, maybe one or two. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to lose. Uh, Shaka and party. I don't know whether that's a uh, sort of talk on all that, like you know. So, and then I'm scratching my head and going, right, okay. Um, do we really need Havertz? Do we really need to be spending the money to help them out as well? Like you know, I mean, they're financially right on. They must be right on the line of financial fair play, and, and, and we're going to help them out, like you know. So, I would hold back on that one until I get that deal. Like the prior, you know, keeps it. Telling me the priory is Declan Rice, but I will say this, guys, and I, I will say this: if Jude Bellingham's worth 120 million, right? Well, why don't we go for Jude Bellingham? Uh, and the reason is because probably Jude Bellingham said he wanted to go to Real Madrid, and I, I don't think Declan Rice and is is at the same price as him, right? You know what I mean? I do believe it is probably about 20 million shy, and I do think there is what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? You know. I don't, you know, like where Chelsea are just throwing their money. There is a price and a pro, and I think like you know, we don't really want to be taken like as a four or abusing that situation. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think he's a hundred million pound uh, player, probably like ninety. Would you walk away then, Lee? If they want one and twenty, would you walk away? Yeah, I, I, I would walk away at hundred and twenty. Why? Uh, maybe that they, they 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 probably might not be able because there's been talk about it with with Declan Rice and promises that that, that they they're bringing. But I would walk away with that and go down the, the Caicedo and Lavia road and say, like, sorry, Declan, we can't afford that. And, and I, I, I don't think anybody should be paying well over the odds. Now, the end of it, 
I look back at it. Arsenal have paid over the odds on, on players. They paid over the odds on Aaron Ramsdale. It's worked out well. They paid over the odds on Ben White. It's worked out well. So, and also we've we've picked up a few bargains along the way as well, like you know. So I don't I don't know, but I I I think 120 million, particularly if West Ham know that he's that he wants to go to uh, to Arsenal. I think it may come down to a, a chat not between Arsenal and West Ham. It'd be a chat between Declan Rice and, and West Ham and, and see how that goes because. I think if I'm Declan Rice, I'm going to I'm going to go into that meeting and go. Do you know what? I've I've stayed loyal for this club for for a, for a while now. I think you're going a little bit too much asking for 120. I don't know, but maybe that will be a discussion. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a simple transfer now. I, I do think it's going to be a little bit one of these drawn out ones. But somewhere along the line, either Arsenal or West Ham have got to give. Yeah, 100%. I think that you're right. 120 million would be too much for me as well. I wouldn't pay that for him. I'm skeptical about paying 100 because I think Declan Rice is a good midfield player, but I do think he's still got a long way to go. I, I, for example, you compared him there to Jude Bellingham, not in terms of them being the same standard, but in terms of being in that kind of price bracket. Jude Bellingham has got so much more to give. Like you look at his age, you look at the potential. There is a much higher ceiling with Jude Bellingham. I look at Jude Bellingham and think he could be the best central midfielder in world football at some point. I'm not that convinced that Declan Rice could be that. I think he can improve and he can get better and he can help Arsenal a lot. But I still think there are question marks about certain parts of his game. And those parts of his game maybe don't come under the microscope as much at West Ham as they will at Arsenal. And I think, you know, there's still... And a little bit of an element of risk to this. So to go beyond 100 to 120 for me is crazy. Mm. I think you're right, though, when it comes to Declan Rice maybe having to push this from his side because it all seems very amicable at the moment between him and West Ham. West Ham came out after the Conference League final, which I thought was a weird move, and said, you know, we're going to let him go, almost instantly weakening their negotiation position. And if you read a report that came from Jacob Steinberg a few hours ago, he said that actually Arsenal, in sort of initial conversations, had it indicated to them that this deal could be done for around about 80 million, which is why they started where they started and now find themselves having to creep up a little bit. I mean, Dan, would, what would be the max for you that you would spend on Declan Rice? Because I got the feeling there that mm. you'd still be tempted mm. to do it at that kind of money. I, w I would be. I disagree with both of you. I think for the sake of 20 million pounds, if it gets the plan A target that the manager wants, then I think it's worth £20 million. And if it is potential, I this is how I think it should work. Maybe it doesn't work like this. But I think the owners should be working together with Arteta and Edu on this and saying, right, £100 million for Rice. Yeah, guess what, Josh? It's gone up to £120 now. Can we go to £120 million here? Yeah, of course you can. Not owners that go, oh, no, I won't be giving you that because you still want to get the X, Y and Z and that £20 million is going to put us over. That £20 million could win us the league. I don't but care about trying not, to save 20 what if it's million. Not to do, what if it's not just down to the owner? So what if it worked like this? And I'm not saying that I know it's worked like this, but just, yeah. you know, as an example, what if KSE have said to Arteta and Edu, guys, we've, we've, we've run the numbers, we've crunched the numbers, and we've come up with a possible spend of up to X amount of money over the course of this summer. Now you do what you see fit with it because we trust you and you've done a brilliant job so far, so here you go. You use it as you please. And then what if Arsenal are looking at it and going, well, 
we like Declan Rice, and, and I'm talking about Arteta and Edu here, but do we like him enough to blow a, 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 such a significant portion of our transfer budget, therefore handicapping us in going out to bring in someone else? Like that, it could work like that too, couldn't it? It could do, but I still think that comes down to the ownership because they're the ones who've set the fund amount. So they're the ones that have said, we believe we'll give you 300, let's just say 300 million. Yeah? The players we're linked with it ain't going to be 150 million. It's going to be nearly double that. Let's say they've got the 300, 300 million to figure out. And we go, right, the 300 million is getting to get us this. However, the players that we want are now going to be 320. If the owners say, well, sorry, one of them's going to have to go, I would say the ownership are not really ambitious enough to give the Arteta and their due regime what they need to go and win the league. So I would be looking towards the ownership there, not Edu and Arteta, is what I'm getting at. So for me, this summer is going to tell us, actually, do you know what? The summer and the whole season is going to tell us where we're at as a club. This is a huge season for Arsenal Football Club. It's a massive summer to know, are we ambitious enough to allow that window to shut and us to go, right, is that squad good enough for Man City to beat Man City? If it ain't good enough to compete or beat with Man City, then I'm coming for the ownership. If the side is good, then it's over to Mikel Arteta to prove why he's good enough and why we've given him enough resources to go win the league. So somebody at the end of the season is going to have a lot of answering to do for me. Now, hopefully, we're all happy and Kroenke's are great and Arteta's great and we've won the league and it's fantastic. That's, of course, all we want. But we have to have accountability from someone if that doesn't happen. Who Who is it? Where's it gone wrong? And I think there's been arguments to say before the ownership, the board, the lack of January transfer window, Arteta's in-game management, everybody has. But actually, this season's going to be key and significant for me. I don't think there's any more excuses. And I don't want to be saying, oh, we could have got Declan Rice, but £20 million was just too much. And for £20 million, we ain't managed to get Declan Rice. I'd rather go and get the players that we want. And if we have to pay a little bit over the top of it, then let's so be it. If that's who you want, if Arteta doesn't really want Rice and says, you know what, I want Rice or Caicedo, and I don't really care what one it is. So if one of them's too much and out of our league, then I'm calm. As long as we get Caicedo instead of Rice, it's cool, and then we can afford the rest. If that's what we're saying, then that's cool. But I don't think we are. I think we're saying Declan Rice, he's the only one I can see that we're bidding for at the moment, along with the likes of Havertz, putting in offers for Gundogan. That looks today like there's been an offer from for Timber. Looks like we want these players. So... We need to go and get this, man. We Honestly, the ownership needs to properly go, what do you need? Because we've got to go and t- win a title and a Champions League and where we where we want to be now. With There's no more project, Harry. There's no more process. No more trust this process for another five years. We're here, mate. We're here right now in this window. And I want to get a team good enough to go and win the league, mate. Yeah, of course. I, I think we all want that. We all want to see the team push on and, and go on and achieve what we kind of dreamed of achieving last season. I just For me, 100 million is the ceiling on this. You know, if you're talking four or five million over that just to get it done, then because we've put time into it and because of the kind of embarrassment that would come with failing to land Declan Rice at this point, fine. It would be embarrassing, but, wouldn't it, if we don't get this done? How embarrassing again? Well, it, it depends how stupid the price gets. Uh, and I'll bring Lee in on this because it, it depends how stupid the price gets. If they pump the price up to 120 and we decide to walk away, I don't think that's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing if we're at 90 and they're asking for 100 and we don't do it. It depends how gap big the gap is that needs yeah. bridging. I, I totally agree with that. Like, I, I don't think it's embarrassing if you walk away from a deal where it's like if you're buying a house, isn't it? You might really want that house, and if it's you know too much, you have to you have to look at it and say like um, that. You know, you do have to walk away. The one thing I will say with Arsenal, and, I, and if I was in that meeting, I'd say to him, look, if we go big this season with the likes of maybe two or three, four players, I don't think we have to do much business over the next four or five years, if you look at it like, you know, we can like uh, go to January, 
if we get all, all of the places in, unless we have a terrible injuries, we could get we could get ourselves through January without ever paying a, a lot of money. Maybe next season, just like one squad player in, one squad player out, just a little bit of that. But the main core, we wouldn't have to do. So I, I do think that we have to go big on here, if I'll be honest. Not just, you know, like, as I said, with, with Declan Rice. I, I think, if I'm going to be really honest, 100 million... I think is fair deal all round. I, I I don't think he's worth a hundred million pound. If I'll be honest, I think he's probably worth about ninety to eighty to ninety. 80, say eighty five million pound. That's what I would put him at. So we're paying fifteen million pound over the top. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair for West Ham. When you look at it from West Ham's point of view, they are losing their best player. So that, that you know they don't want to be like look like they've been conned out of something. You know what I mean? Which which has happened to teams in the past. And I also think that, um, you know, they've got to go and get players as well. So maybe like, you know, if uh, they're looking at somebody and all of a sudden that club knows that they've got um, 100 million to burn, they might have their pants pulled down. You know what I mean? So there's a lot, lots of little things that can go on it and everything like that. But I, I, don't, I, I think that you've got to have a limit somewhere along the line, you know, and... Uh, I, I do think that we're in a position where we've got Champions League football now. Um, we, I don't, we, we don't want to be going short. So there's going to be a stage when we're going to either have to think, right, we're going to um, walk away from this or not. I, 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 I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to walk away from this. I remember very much, remember with the Ben White one, that there was lots of disappoint, uh, disagreements on the price and everything, but, Ben White revealed that the club had said, "Look, don't worry about it. We will get it done. We will, we will sort it." Maybe they're having those conversations with Declan Rice, and I, I, I think at the end of the day, I think even Declan Rice would probably go, "Come on up to West Ham and go 120 million is a little bit too much." If I'll be honest, do you think that West Ham are dragging this out a little bit longer than is needed because they're hoping that other clubs will come in and cause a bidding war? Not really. I think that Declan Rice has said that he's going to go to Arsenal. I also think you have to think of it, Harry, is that put it on the West Ham fans. You don't, you don't want, you, you don't really want them to look at it and go, oh yeah, we're well, we're except eighty million for. They, they want, they, they're looking at it, West Ham fans, and going, all right, you can have Declan Rice, Arsenal, but you're going to have to pay top money for him. So they're going to have to appease the fans of their own fans as well, like, you know what I mean? So if we was to say, yeah, 70, say if it come out, 70 million in add ons, I think West Ham fans would be a bit aggrieved about it, like, you know. But, but listen, uh, to, to, to Dan's point, which is a good point, you know, about the money side of it, like, you know, the, the club don't look at it and say, do you know what, we're in a, Difficult um, financial state of the country and all that. We're only bringing out two kits this season. Oh no, they're still bringing out three, aren't they? Like you know what I mean? At top price money, they they're not looking at it and going. Do you know what? We've got to be a little bit careful. You know, they're expecting the fans to. You know, we all know like season tickets have gone up quite a lot this season because of Champions League football. Um, for another three kits coming out this season uh, again, plus all the training tops all the time. They don't really look at it and go. Do you know what? It's it's a tough time for the for the, the economy at the moment. We will only come out with two, so you know they're asking. You know they are asking, not telling fans because it's your choice. They're asking the fans to put their money in their pocket. Um, and I'm going to be really honest with you, Harry. Some of the kits are very very hard to turn down because they're nice and all that. Like you know, as is Declan Rice and the Casino. They're very very hard to turn down as well, aren't they? 
Dan, when I asked that question about West Ham dragging it out for the possibility of maybe Manchester City waking up, maybe United, Chelsea, you were nodding there. So do you think that's the case? Yeah, I do. I disagree with Lee. I think they are. I think they're going to be waiting as long as they can. Because let's be real, if you're West Ham, if you're Sullivan, he wants 120-odd million, doesn't he? Right? And he thinks and he knows that Newcastle, Man United, Man City have all got money. Now, I don't think Newcastle will be interested. She knows Chelsea have got money as well, who we've already seen have gone mental. Now, I believe Declan Rice does want Arsenal. But if you were to ask me what Sullivan thinks, he, even though he probably knows that he wants Arsenal, is going to wait and see what else, there, what other interest there is. Now, Bayern Munich were interested. Doesn't look like they're going to put up the money that they want. They seem to be cooling a bit now. Um, and it would suggest to me that there's been some form of agreement here with Arsenal and then we just try to decide a price. Now, I happen to think we will get Declan Rice for around about 100 million with maybe some form of add-ons with, 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 uh, on top of that. But I believe from what we hear, the add-ons were ridiculous. <laughs> it was like, if we win the Champions League, he's going to get some money. Or if we do a double, he's going to get the money. Like, you can't do that. It's got to be some form of appearance or if he does the X, Y, Z. So I think we will come to an agreement. But I do think West Ham are hoping that Manchester City can come in and potentially put a similar type of bid in. Man United as well, if their ownership gets sorted. So I think in Sullivan's mind, that's what he's thinking. In Declan Rice and Arsenal's mind, I think they're both, their heart is set up on getting a deal and striking a deal soon. Yeah, good stuff. Um, guys, we're going to take a very, very short pause and then we're going to work our way through some of your questions, get the guys' thoughts on uh, the story today, linking Arsenal with Yuri and Timber. We'll talk a little bit about Kai Havertz as well. But if I could just ask you, uh, before we break off just for a couple of seconds, please do leave a like on the video. There's around about 700 of you with us live right now, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but we're nowhere near that in terms of like. So please do leave a like, subscribe, all the rest of it. Um, give the guys a follow as well. I'll get them to plug their channels as well uh, towards the back end of the show. So stay tuned for information on where you can find them. I mean, you all know them already, but, it, you know, just in case. Anyway, um, let's just take a short pause and then we're going to talk more Arsenal. OK, so this morning... Uh, or last night it was actually, uh, Arsenal uh, were said to have made a bid for Urian Timber of Ajax, a player that I have to say I thought was Manchester United bound this summer, given how strongly he's been linked with them in the past. Pretty sure he was at the FA Cup final as well, uh, watching it. Um, and that sort of added to the speculation around a potential move to United. Dan, um, this came out of nowhere, didn't it? The ITKs definitely didn't catch wind of this one. Nah, man, this was a little bit like the Matt Ryan signing from Arsenal and the, like the Callum Chambers leaving to a village. Remember, it just happened. Well, hopefully, it's not like those signings. But well, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Nobody's <laughs> better than those. But uh, yeah, in terms of that coming out of nowhere, I was more meaning. But I do feel that um, this is a really good signing. Now, I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I watch uh, him every week. But from what I see and hear, I only hear good things. Um, I hear the only negatives is that maybe in the air he's not great and he's about 5'10", I think, something like that. So he's not exactly the tallest, but uh, on the ball, really, really comfortable. Uh, and he's the right, as I was saying earlier, Harry, the right position for us. He can play right centre-back and right back. So for me, I thought it was going to be Mark Gehry because that's the guy that kept being mentioned. Perhaps they're looking at this guy as a cheaper option and somebody who they think can play in multiple positions. Um, although I do think Gehry probably could. I think this would be a really good signing, man. And like you say, Ornstein pops up with it. No one really knew it was coming. And I know that Manchester United actually had a bid rejected for this guy, I believe, and also tried to get him in the summer and it didn't happen. So um, 
I think everybody now that's in our Ajax shirt believes they're going to uh, Man United because of Ten Hag. But actually, when you look at it, um, this guy, it looks like we can get this deal done. I don't know if you know more than me, but from what the reports were suggesting is that the 30 million bid that we were going to be looking at doing was nowhere near what they want and they want closer to 50. Um, so that's probably Mark Gehi money is around between 30 to 50 as well. So it depends what kind of position you're looking at uh, and who you think's better out the two. But um, it looks like we really want this guy. So um, I would be I would be good with it. I'd be good with this one. I don't think Arsenal will pay the 50 that Ajax want. I think you're probably looking at a deal at around about 40, um, somewhere in between, which I think given that he's got that versatility, I think Arsenal will see it as quite good value because, you know, last season we suffered, didn't we, from having to bring Rob Holding in. Tommy Asu's injury problems meant that he couldn't be relied upon. If you could bring Timber in, either at right back and push White inside or you put Timber um, at centre-back, then obviously that's a big upgrade. And I think, you know, we what what I like about Mikel Arteta, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, Lee, is that he's become, over the last year, 18 months especially, really ruthless. And when things go wrong and when things clearly sort of unravel, he's not afraid to just go, yeah, F it, I'm changing it. I mean, I was in his press conference at the end of the season in all of them towards the back end of the season when he was speaking about what was going wrong. And he just kept using the words like reset and, you know, we need to rebuild and we need to go again as if to say, well, you know, what we've got is not good enough. And and I like that ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see that in this window, hopefully. Yeah. And also don't forget, you know, it's great news that we've signed uh, Saliba back on for another few years, but we don't know how, what, what his injury is going to be like, you know, whether he's going to be fit for the beginning of the season and everything like that. So you, you don't want to be drawn into a thing where where we have to, you know, like say like beginning of August, Saliba's not playing again. And then like a, a team would be looking, oh, they're a little bit desperate and whatever, like, you know what I mean? So I think it's very cute of the manager and cute of them what, what they're doing. I, I You know, I hopefully like Saliba will be ready for the beginning of the season, but we can't be sure of that. So I, I do like that, you know, if you don't do the business uh, at Arsenal, um, you, you're going to be left out, even like a little bit with Thomas Party. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but like you know, he wasn't doing it towards the end of the season. Well, we, you know, we might, we'll, have, we'll look at that one, and I, you know, can't be relying on too much. So I do like that side of things of it all there, and I do think we need to go into the season with um, not in that position again, Harry. Uh, yeah. Nothing against. Uh, I, I think you know, Kivia wasn't quite ready, and um, Holding wasn't quite up to that sort of standard. So we need to. We need to make sure that we don't make those mistakes. That's something I like about Arsenal is that they made mistakes a couple of seasons ago by not being ready when the Premier League season started. They sorted it out last season and I think they're going to learn from that again this season. And I don't think that they, when it comes to the the business end of the season, that they will be left short again. Like, you know, there are reasons why maybe we've been left short because we probably wasn't in the Champions League and we didn't have the budget. Those now excuses are not there no more. So they need to go into this season strong in every department. And I do like the way Arteta uh, is going about. Listen, I'm going to be really honest with you, Eric. Like, you know, Arteta has won me over, you know, from from a couple of years ago to what he has now, he's done that. And I have believed, and and that's why I think that I'm, and I think with with Dan as well, that's why we're sort of believing in this transfer window at this moment in time, because we've got on board with what, what we're saying. But 
you know, if it doesn't work, we, 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 us fans are very fickle, mate. I'll tell you that now, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, you know what I mean? So it can easily easily sway me either way, like, you know. So Arsenal need to be be getting this business right this season. Edu needs to needs to nail a few. He does. And, and Arteta needs to be as ruthless now as he is when the, when the season starts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, guys, start getting a couple of questions in. We'll take a couple of questions uh, before we wrap up on the show. Put a cue at the beginning. It just makes it easier for me to pick them out from the chat. But uh, just before we dive into that, just want to quickly get you guys' thoughts on the Kai Havertz stuff. I know we touched on it before. We talked about having a ceiling in terms of what we would each individually pay for Declan Rice. Where is you guys' heads at on Kai Havertz and, and probably what would be your ceiling, I guess? Because for me, we're getting to the kind of 60 million pound mark is a little bit uncomfortable for me, although I think the signing works. But I'm interested to get you guys' thoughts. Dan, I'll let you uh, kick off on this one. Yeah, I was shocked when we were linked with him. I can't lie. It came out of nowhere, didn't it? It was a real strange one. And you know, you get links before and you think, well, that one's not happening. I actually looked at that and thought, I can't see that. But actually, I can see it now. And it looks like the player wants to come. From the rumours I hear, it's like 50 million add-ons to 60 million. Um, that's the rumour. Um, that's a lot of money for a player who's not been Premier League proven. It's a risk. I don't quite know where his position is, Harry. I don't see him as a centre-forward. I don't see him as a winger. I think he's probably a tenor or an attacking eight. I don't see him being a first-team player, but at the same time, I don't really think Arsenal at this stage of their um, season should be having a first eleven and a second eleven. So I think that that sort of signing would be one that comes in and around the squad. I do think it's like more of an Erdegaard replacement or to play alongside uh, Erdegaard in some games. But I don't think that this guy is is definitely going to absolutely kill it in an Arsenal shirt. Having said that, I'm going to give him a chance to prove that he can. I'm not going to write this signing off like we have before with Ramsdales and Tommy Asus and um, signings that players have just that people have just laughed at. Even to a certain degree, the Trossard and Jorginho ones that come in in January and everyone said they'll be a waste. And both of them, to be fair, uh, this season have proven important in per certain games. So I'm going to give him a chance to prove that he is a good player because I do think there's a player in there. He's got good technical ability. I just don't think, Harry, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, that he uses his attributes to the best of his ability. So Kai Havertz, to me, should be doing a lot more of his aerial presence, should be doing a lot more of his strength, should have some form of presence when instead so there's just been a lump that's stuck up there. And I wonder if we can get something out of him there. One thing I will say as well is that Mikel Arteta has seen something in him and so have Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and even Man City were sniffing around him as well. So it's not like teams like Everton, West Ham and Brighton are looking at Kai Havertz now. We're talking about, you know, top clubs in Europe that have seen something in this guy. He scored, I think, 17 goals for Bayern Leverkusen in the number 10 or attacking eight position. So perhaps Mikel Arteta believes they can get something out of him. I do think if they want him again, I honestly believe that if you want a player, I'm not one of these Arsenal accountants who says, oh, that's a bit steep. That's a bit steep. I don't like all that. If you want a player, you've got to go and get him and you've got to go and pay what they want. If they say he's 80 million and he ain't going for less, you just move away and go and get somebody else if it's not for you. That's the way I see it. Don't keep prodding and prodding and prodding because they're going to want 70 million. Now, we might be able to come down to 60, but if people think that's too much, you better go and get somebody else because he's going to cost Arsenal 60 million pounds. So for me, if you want him, you've got to accept it. It's going to be that much. and You've got to give him a chance this next coming season in an Arsenal shirt because for me, Harry, he's a better substitution than Fabio Vieira, in my opinion. So that's the way to kind of look at it is a squad rotation player. He'd probably do a job in the squad at Arsenal. I don't want to spoil it because we've got a video going out 
uh, tomorrow morning for our members on on where I think Kai Havertz fits into the picture, um, because it does look like that deal is is getting closer and closer by the day based on what we're hearing. Um, for me, I would have said fifty million pounds was yeah. my limit for him. I feel like if we again a bit like what we said about Rice, if we have to cross that a little bit, I'm okay if the club really believe he's the right player. But Lee, what was your kind of initial reaction yeah. when this? This case 50, 50 million and a pound. That's about it. Like, <laughs> no, no more than that. Uh, no more than 50 million uh, because I don't think he's vital. He's not where we're saying, listen, with Rice, you know, it's vital. 100 million, if we get Rice, we ain't winning the league. You know what I mean? It's going to need more than that to win the league, you know. But uh, I, don't, I don't think if we've got Havertz, you know, I don't think it's going to, I don't want to be breaking the bank and going over on, on anything here. I take Havertz, Havertz, sorry, if it's a good deal for us, and that means getting him on the cheap, not not overpaying for someone like that. Like you know, at the end of the day, West Ham want to get uh, West Ham, uh, Chelsea want to get rid. So at the end of the day, there's no reason why we should be paying over the the, the odds for somebody like that. I think for, if we got him for forty five million, that'd be a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's just take a couple of questions and then we'll bid you all farewell. Just a quick reminder to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. There are loads of you with us live at the moment. Over 800 now. We've only got 142 likes on the board. Come on, guys. Let's set a, a target of 400. That should be achievable. Half. Only takes half of you to press the like button. It doesn't cost a thing. Get involved. Um, more than a wheelchair, uh, says uh, Lee, wouldn't Madison make more sense than Havertz. And and you could probably get them at around about a similar price right now. Yeah, it, it would do. I think that's a good call. But then you got to, when you've got to look at the player situation, I think um, he'd want to play more regular, you know, would would want to be a... I think with Havertz, I think he's going to be a more of a squad player. Where would you play Madison if he's going to be playing like on a regular basis? That's what he might be thinking, where if he goes to Newcastle or, or dare I say, Spurs... He's going to get more game time. Don't forget all these conversations are going on. That's why we know that um, that Rice wants to come to Arsenal. So, uh, I, I, look, listen, for me, it would be a much, Sam much better. I know Dan would like that as well. Like, I, I, I'm, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Madison fan. But also with Madison, don't forget, because he play, he can play in a couple of different positions. He played for England on, as the, on the wide the other day. I think he played in, in England's last game in that position, played very, very well. Uh, so I, I I would be willing to do to go down that route definitely hundred percent. Dan, what's your stance on the whole Balogun thing at the moment? Chris Summers says, are you all encouraged by the fact talks are taking place this week in regards to Balogun? Do you think there's a place for him in the team because his stock is rising constantly, isn't mm. it? And if mm. I'm Eddie Nketiah now, I'm looking over my shoulder. Well, yeah, I, I certainly am if I'm any in Ketia. Um, listen, I don't think Mikel Arteta wants to buy another centre-forward. I really don't. I think Jesus is his number one. I don't think he's going to go and get a centre-forward that replaces Jesus. Let's say an Osimhen. I know that's crazy money, but I'm just giving an example. I think that he will use Trossard, Eddie, and maybe even Balogun as the backups if Jesus wasn't fit. But I do think that Balogun wants first-team football. I would like to see Balogun in England on loan just to prove that it isn't a farmer's league over in the France and it weren't a one-off fluke that he got his 30 goals because at Middlesbrough he was on loan. He was really poor, apparently. So I'd like to see him at maybe a side like Wolves or Palace to see what he can do in England. But I do think that he's probably going to be uh, probably going to be sold. Now, 
I don't know. The stance we've heard now is that he might not be and that he's going to be giving him a chance to get inside. I think with four competitions, he definitely get enough games, Harry. I really do. And I mm. think that he, for me, would be the one that I'd be looking to push ahead of Eddie and Ketia. So it might be that he's our backup centre-forward next season. And to be fair to the lad, he's got he's clearly got something. You know, he's got his talented boy, smashed all records in his unders, gone over to France and scored goals. So let's hope that he does it in an Arsenal shirt because it's another one that's come through the system, which would be great to see. Um, if someone's going to come in with 25, 30, 35 people to talk about, I think Arteta might accept that. But um, someone's got a bid for that first. So that's what I think. Yeah. Of course. Uh, just finally, quickly, guys, there's a few questions about Ilkay Gundogan in there. So just your quick thoughts on whether you'd be uh, pushing the boat out to get him 32 years old, um, probably wants a three-year deal at least if he's going to go anywhere. But reports coming out of Spain this morning, uh, because, of course, Barcelona are strongly interested, suggesting that Arsenal are very much there, at least involved in the conversations. Lee, would you would you welcome him to Emirates Stadium? Free transfer, yep, yeah, I definitely would. Experience, Premier League experience, you know what I mean? Along with what the players we've got, I don't want to see us going, oh, we couldn't get Declan Rice, so we've gone on and got him, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think it needs to be like, yeah, we've got Rice and we're bringing in him as well as a free transfer. Uh, that would be really, really good. I think it gives us a lot of options. And, um, yeah, I think that it would be, a, I think, a good move for him as well. People go, oh, why would he want to leave Man City? Because, you know, they've just won what all they've won. Sometimes you need a little bit, uh, a little freshen up, uh, a little change of scenery. Um, and he's got to make a decision whether it be like uh, Spain or England. You know, um, I don't think uh, if he went to Barcelona, it would, would be a bad move for him either or Arsenal. So, uh, but yeah, um, three-year deal. Um Maybe a little bit too much, but you ain't paying no fee, are you? So, so at the end of the day, like an extra year, I don't think it's a bad thing on that. Yeah, it evens itself out, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. That's it, exactly. Guys, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, I know you're both super busy, so I really, really do appreciate it. Um, first of all, Dan, tell people where they can find uh, your channel, your brilliant content, and uh, keep tabs with it all. Well, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate both of you. You know that. Thanks for inviting me on. Make sure you do us a favour and smash a like on this one and subscribe if you're new to Chronicles because Harry does a great job also. If you can, come and follow myself. It's at DanArsenal87. If you want to come and follow my content, it's Football's 12th Man Podcast on YouTube. And I'm close, getting close to 10K, people. So I want to try and hit 10K in the summer. That would be amazing. And you'll also see me with Lee on AFTV and Lee Judges TV. Cheers, Harry. Make sure you get over there and give it a subscribe. Lee, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, Lee Mark Judges on Instagram and, of course, on Twitter. And, and of course, Lee Judges TV. We're uh, obviously, we're just waiting at the moment. So when some some breaking news comes, then we're going to jump on it, like, you know. But, uh, but but at this moment in time, we're just, we're waiting and all that, like, yeah. And um, I love I love this show as well. Love what you're doing, Harry. And um, keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing, my man, like, you know. So, uh and thanks for having us on. It was a very enjoyable 45 minutes. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you to all of you, of course, in the live chat. Make sure you go over and subscribe to the guys. Give them a follow. All the rest of it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with some more Arsenal-related content. Until then, uh, take care of yourselves. Go off and enjoy the rest of the cricket. See you all soon. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.